Did you know that the perfect snack exists that not only has the yum factor, because that's important, but also packs a real protein punch? I'm talking about Wonderful Pistachios, a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Now that's a snack you can feel really good about. It's hard for me to currently pick a fave because they have several flavors to choose from, including no salt and jalapeno lime options. But if I absolutely had to, I'd say I'm in my no shells, wonderful pistachios, sea salt and vinegar era. It's the ultimate snacking solution for when you need a quick, convenient and tasty boost of pistachio goodness straight out of the bag. Whether you enjoy the ritual of cracking open each nut or you lean towards the ease of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has something for everyone. It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying Recess Mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess Mood really is a vibe, y'all. There are only 20 calories per serving, no added sugar, and it's infused with stuff I like, including mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, which really helps me to relax after a high-energy day. Recess Mood has four delicious flavors to choose from. My personal fave is Strawberry Rose. If one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol, this is the way. Give Recess Mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Black women don't get to have the full range of feelings like, you know, Latinas get to be spicy, white women get to be uh, feisty, but Black women are angry. And so it's just like, you know, that's, yeah, but that's exactly, but that's what the halo effect is. It's about people perceiving you in ways outside of your control and how that can positively or negatively affect you based on their perception. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast, a space where the healing, liberation, and well-being of Black women is centered and prioritized. My name is Bree Mitchell, and I am not only the host of the show, I'm also the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care as well as a self-care advocate. Here, I share tips, thoughts, and conversations that are cultivated to pour into your self-care cup. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Hello, beautiful Black queens. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Stephanie. She is a vlogger on YouTube. You can find her on her channel, which is Co, which I will be sure to link in today's show notes. I was going down the rabbit hole on YouTube one day back in, I believe, maybe July, and I came across her video. I'm pretty privileged, and I was stopped in my tracks like literally stopped in my tracks she is a beautiful black woman she has beautiful black features and I could just hear her heart as she was talking about her experiences about being passed over because of those beautiful black features that black women have for the most part like typical black features right 
Um, so the beautiful dark skin, the beautiful full lips, things like that. So I wanted to have her on the podcast to share more about that and have that kind of conversation because it has definitely happened to me where I felt less than or invalidated because I didn't fit the mold. So I was kind of passed over and it happened several times in my experience. So we're talking about that today. So if you are a black woman and you feel like you were passed over because you didn't fit quote unquote society's norm of beauty, this episode is for you. You are not crazy. Your feelings are valid. And that is what we're talking about today. I will see you on the end of this episode. So um, my name is Stephanie and I have a YouTube channel. Um, it is called O Steph Co. Uh, because that is my Instagram handle and a social media name I've had for a while. So I decided to call it that. I started my YouTube channel because um, I was a teacher and I taught remotely during the pandemic, but my school was based in another state. And I said, you know, um, I think 2020, if you made it through, um, you were blessed to make it through that. It causes a lot of people to rethink their lives and what they wanted to do and their goals and whether or not they were using their talents the way that they really could. And I've been told for years, even by my students, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah, this is nice. But like, you know, you could do something else. I see you as one kid told me you should blog like three years ago. But I was just very set in what I was supposed to do with my adult life. And so we're in the pandemic. And I'm like, I, I want to start a channel. I want to have some conversations. I had seen conversations happening in a certain way on TikTok. But I had not seen these conversations happening on YouTube. So I said, what if somebody's like me and they go looking for them and they're not there? And I know if I'm looking for them, someone else is too. So I decided to create content that I wanted to see that wasn't there, conversations that I didn't see happening. And I really took advantage of it during mental health month because in 2020, so many people, I mean, that was, that was huge. And for me, I was forced because I've been going, going, going for years and I've been having issues like I couldn't sleep at night, lots of anxiety. I had digestive issues like just and I'd never had these things before. It was like the last three or four years. I was just dealing with so much stuff that my body was literally like falling apart. And 2020 was a time where I sat down and I said, OK, let's look at it. What was really going on? I didn't have, you know, the hustle and bustle of life like I would get online. I would teach for four hours and then I was free to do what you can't leave the house. So I was thinking about all this stuff and I was like, I want to, and I had to work through a lot of things. So I said, I think it's time for me to help people the way that I helped myself because I think there's value in how I sort of talk to myself through things. I, I'm on Twitter, I'm on different sides of the internet. I'm in comment sections. I'm reading what people are saying and I'm like, oh, this is what I would suggest. So I guess the teacher in me never left. And I was like, you know, if I could speak on dot, 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 this is what I would say. So I made videos about how do you handle social anxiety after the pandemic? Cause that's huge. People were talking about how do I go back in the world and, and be myself? What things do I want to return to? What things do I want to leave behind? I talked about being an older woman and not having certain things that you thought you would have by now, specifically like a husband or kids and how that's affected me and how I've dealt with it. Um, we don't talk about fertility a lot, especially when within the black community, we we have different struggles with fertility that other communities have, but we're very, very hush mouth about it. We don't talk about, you know, hey, I had fibroids, so I had to have this operation and this is how it affected me. I have not yet had my full thing, but I'm planning on making a whole thing about this is what a this is what it looked like, so on and so forth. So I just wanted to open up the floor 
in general, because I don't want anybody to feel like they're by themselves. And I knew I wasn't, but I was not surrounded by people that were comfortable talking about certain things um, that were knowledgeable even about certain things um, that had been through the same things as me. So even though I'm not the type of person that would be like, come on, everybody, I'll do a Instagram live and talk to all, there's different ways of creating community. And sometimes it's just about, you made something that I could connect with, thank you. And I knew I had done something good, no matter what the reception of some of the things I made, when people were reaching out and they were saying, I have always gone to therapy and my therapist can never get to it. And I watched this video or I saw this and I finally felt understood. And I was like, that's huge for me because that was the point. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's why I started my channel. I wanted to create conversations that I didn't see happening. And um, I didn't expect people to respond the way they did. I thought that I was just, I, my goal was a hundred subscribers by December. And so when I got like 80 subscribers, I was like, dad, I'm really doing it. And then that one day I had 25,000 and I said, what happened? What's going on? You know, so that's why I started my channel. So yeah. That's who I am. So you've just been growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah, I came across the video um, just, Again, I don't even remember how I probably just like on one of my late night binge just trying to see because usually I'm looking for like motivational kind of stuff either about abundance or just lifestyle or minimalism or just different things like that and so YouTube of course has that algorithm based on what you search for, or maybe what's trending or whatever and thankfully you popped up. I had never heard of you before, had never seen you before. But again, I was just like, oh, pretty brown girl. Let me see what she's talking about. And then I saw the title of Pretty Privilege and I listened to that video and I was like, woo chale. That was a, <laughs> honestly, I was like, wow. Like I, my wig was like knocked. I was shook. And I came back and I was like, I gotta, I gotta see if I can just be in conversation with her. I gotta see if I can have her be uh, in this space of my, my community and get on the podcast and just have this conversation. So let's go ahead and jump into it, okay? So mm -hmm. what is, in your opinion, what is pretty privilege? Let's break that down. So it's actually um, like a colloquial term. So just like a conversational term for a real psychological effect, which is called the halo effect, which means that based on how attractive you are, based on how physically attractive you are, you're going to be treated a certain way in society that is coded as being better. For me, as a woman who had been knocked around <laughs> in the dating world and also growing up being bullied, people thinking they can say certain things to you because maybe they don't like the shape of your nose. You know, they want you to know that your eyes are too small. They want you to know they don't like this. Well, you know, if you had this, you might. I knew that there were people that were experiencing a different reality where instead of always being told what was wrong with them or, you know, experiencing different things that I have experienced um, as not always being seen as the prize by men, um, I knew that they were living life in a, in a different reality. And so I started to see these conversations happening in different places on social media and they kept throwing around this title. So I just started looking more into it. And I said, oh my God, like, I know what it's like to walk into a place and nobody asks if they can help me. I know what it's like to, you know, go and, and have this experience. I know what it's like to never be offered, you know, when I go out, no one ever try and approach you. I know what it's like to talk to somebody who will be like, oh yeah, but girl, I was, I was dating this man. You know, he flew me out to Jamaica and they fly you out. No, I actually don't like what it, so, 
and then when I went online and I started looking into it, like I covered in my video, um, the concept of, you know, just being sent money. Like I, I had three jobs when I was living in LA because, you know, my rent was 1830 and I'm, I'm a teacher. So the, the fact that you could just be like, oh, my cash apps in my bio, what? Like I just, I, to me, so I was like, you know, you've never really sat down and thought about how different it kind of makes you feel or how it makes you feel in a negative way. And mm -hmm. then even more con like, like further in, I had always dressed so badly um, in a day-to-day -day life, like gray and black. That's all. And people would always comment on it. They would always be like, you're only wearing gray and black. You're only wearing gray and black, but like really drabby, a lot of sweat clothes, sweatpants. Um, and people would always ask me, why don't you try? Why don't you wear colors? It's because I feel invisible. And so something happened where I said, yeah, this exists, but like, how do I push past this? And for me, it was talking about what it is, what I've experienced and how I finally learned to like you, but you're still here. Like, so it, it was a whole journey for me, but yeah, that's why I made the video. Um, and that's what I think pretty privilege is just getting to live life just differently. And I named in the video, like work experiences, um, friendship, relationship experiences. I thought it was so funny when, when Steve Harvey was like, I'm not friends with women unless I'm attracted to them. And everybody said, oh, he's terrible. But no, I've been in those conversations where men have said, all my friends are hot. They're all women I want to sleep with. Like I've listened to this and I've experienced it where my friends will be like, oh, he's just my friend. And I have to say, be honest with me. Did you guys date because you're t asking me to go sleep in his tent when we go camping, just you and him? Did y'all date? Do you have a okay, yeah, we dated, but you know, he's just my, so he's trying to, you know what I mean? Like, so I just, I just saw it as it, it's just a reality that people get to live, you know, just to wind up, I mean, just to get back to what you asked. It's a reality that people get to live when people find you attractive. You, you do get certain benefits in society. So that's pretty privileged to me. You get a lot of benefits in society. Um, I want to go back really quickly to the statement that you said about wearing blacks and grays. If you are a member of Brown Girl Society, you know I show up. That's all I wear. Like literally, blacks, grays, neutral. And it's funny, not in a ha ha way, but in an interesting way that you say that you wear those colors and you kind of dress down and drab because you feel or you felt, you know, like invisible. I I kind of under I do understand that. Um, and it's making me think like, why am I like avoiding certain colors? Like I do avoid colors. I just really like that color scheme of like black and gray and white and that kind of minimal thing. And so I wanna ask myself, am I doing that because I'm trying to hide myself or is it because that is really just what I like? So there was another reason why I did it. And I would tell mm -hmm. people, I have a big personality mm -hmm. and I don't want people to, It's it was also be like, I don't know, I, I don't know what I was doing, but I have a big personality. I don't want people to be overwhelmed. Here she come with all those colors and she's loud. You know, that's, that's a lot, but also so there's another way it calms me. Like in a world where so many things are moving around, like I love neutrals. I love, okay, I have all my black. It also made me feel like when I had a lot to do and I had a lot work going on a lot in my mind, like a uniform type thing. Mm -hmm. Like I always know and black is very serious so even though people might look at me like I you, people always say oh you look you look so young well why, why do you look like that miss that's what the kids used to say but if I'm here in this very serious black shirt black pants black sweater like 
I feel like it gives off an air of power. So there was a lot of different reasons I didn't, but I know I avoided dresses. I avoided certain types of color because I was like, I don't want to even try and compete with with other people on the, you know, they're that, I get to be this. And I had to realize like, you're putting yourself in some really negative boxes here. Let's examine why you're doing that. But yeah, there's lots of reasons to wear gray and black. I'm not turning, I'm not, you know, saying that, but I do know that's a comment people gave me. And that was my reasoning. I was like, well, what does it matter? I'm going to show up like this. Um, I don't need to be perceived as that. I don't need to come across as sexy. Like you're not even going to, I don't know. It was, it was complicated, but I know looking at my wardrobe and trying to analyze that brought me to a new understanding of like my possibilities of presenting myself in general. So, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all about the black and the gray. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it looks great on everything all the time. It does. So. Um, and I was going to say that also just me too, like, especially now with these COVID pounds that I have gained, like my body has changed so much. Like my butt used to be here. Now my butt's like here, like it's just on this decline, like the muscle in my booty, like my thighs are like my, I used to have like a finger and now I feel like I just kind of look like a potato (laughs) because of the way this weight gain has like just like how wherever it hit my body so I've definitely I don't think I do the color thing but I definitely do the like no dresses right now or certain tops or things like that so I definitely feel you on that um and you were saying that pretty privilege is deaf it's absolutely a real thing and they there is there are huge benefits with pretty privilege like you make more money when you're pretty People like you when you're pretty, no matter like what you say or do for the most part, like you, it would take a lot for you to be like wrong. People listen to you when you're pretty. They see you're you when you're pretty. You're allowed to be crazy as a woman when you're oh, pretty. Yeah. You get away with being crazy. Like it's cute to be, mm-hmm. oh, she just crazy. Or right. you're allowed to be moody. You're allowed to have like a bad attitude. You know, I don't know how many songs that people are like, my attitude bad. You can get away with that. If I come in there with a bad attitude is, why she got that old nasty attitude? You don't need, you know, so mm-hmm. I can't have, I, I better have a, you know, and, and learn yeah. to be angry somewhere else because I'm not going to be excused for it. I'm not going to get away with it. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be angry. Usually mm-hmm. I find that when, when, when people talk about like ang- angry Black women, in my experience, and this again, it's just my experience speaking for me, the angry black woman is always dark skin. The angry black woman for the most part always has like certain features that are not favored in public or by society. You know what I'm saying? Like if you put two women side by side, like one looks this way, she's white, Mm -hmm. for example, she has a certain look or she's just white period and you put her next to like a black woman that looks like me. Um, and then you say like, which one is angry? Like if there's something that happens and we both have the same like kind of reaction, I'm gonna be the one that's angry. Definitely out of the two, it's gonna be me. Well, yeah, black, black women don't get to have the full range of feelings. Like, you know, Latinas get to be spicy. White women get to be uh, feisty, but black women are angry. And so it's just like, you know, that's, yeah, but that's exactly, but that's what the halo effect is. It's about people perceiving you in ways outside of your control and how that can positively or negatively affect you based on their perception. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I saw it all the time and I just kind of went through life with it, but I didn't realize that I was internalizing their negativity. 
so, so much. And I was excusing behaviors because I, well, well, of course they treated me like that. You know, I was excusing it. I was allowing to just be treated so badly. Um, and I just, I didn't need to do like, it's, I, oh, this is what's happening here. Okay. You do that, but I don't need to, you know what I mean? So that was a whole journey for me, but yeah, it's, you're definitely treated better if people mm -hmm. find you you're prettier. That's just real talk. Like, I don't think anyone with common sense would be able to, and, and that's, that's honest about the situation would be able to say, oh, that's not true. Like you're choosing to be, you're choosing to willfully ignore, you know what I'm saying? If you're like, oh, that's not true because it is true. And I find that it happens even at a young age, even at a young age, just that bias, like teachers preferring certain children or, you know, things like that. So just me being like a little black kid, for example, in a sea of whiteness, depending on what school you go to. You know what I mean? And we see it even today with the way that our kids are handled in class. Usually they have a certain look. I feel like the darker you are, like this country, and this is just my opinion, I feel like this country really just does not like dark skin people. Or if they do, you have to fit certain boxes. You know what I mean? You have to you either got to have good hair, light eyes, certain features or something, you know what I mean? To, to be acknowledged as worthy as a dark, the darker you are, the more of a different type of feature or look you have to have to, you know, I guess, justify your, your uh, existence in this country. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah, but it's, it's important to note too, that, and this is something of feedback that I got, people were like, <laughs> someone said, no, no, why you made that video? Oh, another dark-skinned Black woman complaining. But I actually saw, and I, I ended up linking the article in the video when I was like, oh, people are going to keep watching this? All right. So I actually saw an article on BuzzFeed that made mm -hmm. me want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Women of all races, all sizes, like I want people to understand just because as a black woman I'm saying this and I happen to be dark skin it doesn't invalidate it because what you have to because across cultures people have an issue with darker skin whether mm -hmm. it's being in India you know and they talk about having a weedish complexion I don't know if you watched Indian matchmaking this Netflix uh, show where they really go into how people judge whether or not somebody is worthy of marrying and then they have the whole social case system where the people on the bottom are the darker skin people whether it's Asia where actually in Asia um, or China specifically, they will remove dark skinned people from marketing, like what happened to the young man in the Star Wars franchise, whether it's in uh, places like the Philippines. My coworker, this Filipino man in his 50s, was like, was talking about how he wanted to go back home. This is before COVID. He wanted to go back home, but oh, when I go back there, and this is, I just happened to hear him say this. Oh, when I go back there, I'm gonna have to hear all their comments. Uh, they always talk about how dark I've got, you know, because me and my wife were darker and they don't like that. Um, in the Latino community, like they have this saying, para mejorar la raza, to make the race better. Cause I used to have, used to have a best friend. She was Mexican and she was like, okay, I could never bring home a black guy. I know this because it, they tell me all the time, we don't need to go any darker than our complexion. Like if you're gonna bring somebody home, he can either be you or he can be a white man so that we continue to get lighter and we stay closer to whiteness. All cultures, um, I was gonna, outside of, whiteness have a preoccupation with being close to whiteness and that's because in some way or another we were all colonial we were all colonized excuse me by the same people so it's like this inferiority complex that 
post-colonial societies have. And we're not honest about it because if we're honest about it, people think like, oh, then they've beaten me. I've admitted that as exists, so they've beaten me. And I don't think that that's accurate. I don't think that that's really, you can be honest about something without it completely taking over your life. But yeah, I don't, it's not just, it's in this country, it's in a lot of countries. Mm -hmm. People have really, they're just an ignorant aversion to darker skin. And I personally, I don't get it. It's just not, but um, I guess it's different coming from a person who's actually darker skinned and had to love herself. And I was raised around people who talked about how beautiful they thought they were. So in my mind, I was always like, man, it sucks that the world feels this way. I don't, but it sucks that the world does. Like, I just, I, I couldn't get it. But yeah, it's not just here. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and that is a unfortunate situation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I'm just kind of thinking back to my childhood. I just have memories of me always wanting to be not like the black, like I wanted to be lighter. You know what I mean? Because I didn't want to be teased for being so dark. I didn't think that my dark skin or my brown skin was beautiful. You know what I mean? I wanted to be lighter and brighter because I are, even as a kid, I realized early on that those children, they fared better than I did. You know what I'm saying? More attention, um, just received in a different light. Now I became the class clown. I love to laugh. Same. I think it's great. And I was excited about it because I found a part of my personality that like my dad was saying last year, he was like, you know, you, you, you really brought a lot of joy to this house during the pandemic, but that's definitely a character trait that I picked up when I was like, whoa, no one's talking to me. No one seems excited about me. Whereas this girl walked in and she has 75 friends already. What mm -hmm. can I do? You know, and so I had to just develop a different part of my personality that was already there, but that I probably would have developed in a lesser way if I was easily loved and, and appreciated and accepted. Um, I also, and this is just natural too, but again, if it came to me easy, I probably wouldn't have, but I became somewhat of a, um, a like a workhorse. Like I'll figure it out. I'll do it. I've got it. I understand. No, I've got it. They don't help me because I've got it. Cause I want people to stand back and say, well, wow, she's so valuable because look how hard she works. But I ended up several times um, in the hospital for like stress related things. I hurt my neck. I landed on my head wrong, trying to show somebody something. Cause I was like, I can do it. I gave myself a concussion trying to do a backflip. I was coaching cheerleading and I didn't have any other coaches and I should have quit. Cause I had like 40 girls and it was just me. And I was trying to tell them guys, it's so easy. But I hadn't done one in like 10 years and I hit my head, I gave myself a concussion. My point is, is that because I knew that easy love wasn't gonna come to me, I was like, you better be smarter. You gotta be funnier. You have to be louder. You cannot let them forget you. You cannot let them. But at the same time, it's like, oh, it's exhausting because I'm gonna have to do that show every time I go into a situation. And yeah, I'm, I'm tired sometimes. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be on um, all the time. But yeah, it's because of that, because I could see these people fare better and I am competitive, right? I don't want to let them, they're not better than me. So what can I do so that I'm sitting right next to them? Um, and that's been my life experience, you know? Mm. So. Now in the video you talked about, and I'm sure you've had several experiences, but I specifically remember you talking about like kind of what was it like you you would get dressed up and kind of go out with your friend 
to the bar. So when I first um, started wanting to go out like to clubs and stuff, and I think people misunderstand, like whenever they saw my video and they may have said, well, I don't see what was the issue, what, what's going on. Um, what you can't, like if I've had these experiences, like you can't take that away, like that stuff sticks with you. So there were several times where I would go out. One time uh, a group of guys wanted to talk to a friend of mine and I straight, I was standing too close to her. I, it was like a scene out of the wild. I straight up got stepped on and somebody like to get to get me out of the way. There was no attempts made to bring me in and talk to me. Um, I was at a bar one time talking to, it was the same friend talking to them. And a guy came up and took a chair and turned it around and sat on it and faced her and completely blocked me out. Um, I was the... Uh, yeah, so I had a lot of experiences like that where I would go out with people and I would just be lost. If, if they were out and they were in a place where we were looking for like men, like you were going to a club or something and that was something people were looking for, I would often have to just go by myself or stand over to the side because I wasn't getting the same reception as everybody else. Um, I walked into a bar with one friend and she literally got swarmed at the bar. I had to step all the way back and stand by the wall until there was space there, you know, cause I'm not gonna get stepped on again. So I had to go over um, later, but I've had a lot of experiences like that. So it was funny to me when people were like, well, you know, you just didn't try hard enough. What do you think I had on? You know, a burlap sack and, a piece of plastic around my head. Like, what do you think I was wearing? No, I bought the clothes. I did what we were supposed to do. I had the outfits. It wasn't enough for whatever reason. Um, the other person, people said, that's better. And they were not kind about it. It was a very visceral animal reaction. And I remember being frightened one time I bought, she was, then this friend was white, which I thought was really interesting, but we weren't at a club. And she got swallowed up. A group of guys circled around her and I went in to go get her. I was like, oh no, I went in to go get her. I got cursed out. This dude was like, man, why you? I was, we left, we left. So I've had a ton of, I've had enough experiences, right? That's enough, you know, where I have actually been like forcefully moved aside or they've made it clear. I'm here to talk to her. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, that's not enjoyable. And that kind of thing sticks mm -hmm. with people. So if I want to say, oh, I think it happened because of this, like, I'm allowed to say that because it's, it's true, you know, but yeah, that was examples of things that I've experienced. And I will admit they are wild. And oh. I, you know, just like, wait, what, what do you mean? Gus? I, I couldn't believe it when it was happening in the moment, but it stuck with me, um, it obviously stuck with me. And at a certain point, I was, I was young. I was like 24, 25. I said, I'm not going, I'm not going anymore. I'm not going out. I don't want to do that. So instead I went to things like beer gardens or Irish pubs, you know, where I knew ain't none of us getting talked to in here. You know, like we're like, this is not the place we're going to get hit on. We're at a food truck festival in a white college town. So none of you are getting and we had great times. But if ever they were like, oh, we're going to go out to the club and we're going to, you know, put our freaking dress on and we're going to I am not gonna do that. I will not be joining you. I will see you at brunch at a later time. So it gave me an aversion to like those spaces because again, like I said, the, those experiences sucked. I did not have a good time, you know, so. Yeah, I am totally feeling that. I'm even thinking back to my club, my clubbing days. And I realized that I was like the only way I felt like I would get attention, like 
pretty girl attention is I would have to literally dress provocatively. You know what I'm saying? Have your titties out, have your ass out. I never have my ass out. You know, sexualized in order to be worthy. I don't even want that kind of attention. You know what I'm saying? But just to be able to- And that's what people don't understand. I've had the same butt since I was in the first grade. And it's a big, I have a bigger butt. They called me grandma booty in middle school. And when I walked down the hallways in high school, they would go, whoop, whoop, whoop. Like people would just chant that at me when I was like, so I knew, okay. But I wasn't the girl they were asking to prom. Mm -hmm. They were thinking about me in a completely libidinal way. And like, if you grow up in a Christian household, your daddy's a deacon, he's giving you a sermon every Wednesday night about this is how we should, men shouldn't lust and want to make sure and cover up. And then you go out in the world and people are like, literally, I just want to look at your, you know what I mean? It's just, it mm-hmm. creates like this cognitive dissonance. You're like, wait a second, how am I supposed to be being received? Do I want that attention? And then what does it come with? I would notice that my friends who weren't getting approached like that were getting approached differently. Can I take mm-hmm. you out? Can right. I treat you? But for me, it was like, here's my number and where I live. Come by when we, no, I'm not going to your house, you serial killer. I also want to be courted. So I would not show off, you know, I, I would keep it under wraps. And people always ask me stupid questions. They'd be like, why don't you wear this? Why don't you? Because I don't want that attention. Like, that's not what I want to lead with, you know? So yeah, that, yeah. that part right there. Exactly. That's exactly how, it's how like, I felt. Like tearing your esteem down. You know what I mean? I want attention. You know what I'm saying? Especially, I'm not saying all black girls are like this, but you know, my personal experience is when you're a certain age, of course you want to, you're young and wild and free and you want to have attention from cute guys and, you know, have the experience and all that kind of stuff. I think that's normal for most people. So it's like, you want the attention, but it's like, damn, what I got to do to get the attention? You know what I'm saying? What do I, how low do I have to stoop to get attention? I know we like to pop off and say, you know, I'm beautiful, I'm amazing, I don't need validation, and I'm good. You know, I know we say all that. I know we say all that. I know we do. But when you're in your 20s or whatever age you are, and you constantly are getting knocked down and shown that you are ugly, even though you're obviously not, but just shown that you are not of value, but this other chick is or this other girl is, that is soul crushing. It hurts. It hurts. And to constantly go through that trauma, because that to me is trauma. It is. And see that someone said in the comment section, and I, I find uh, my channel now so funny because I'm like, I made like 20 videos before people found out about this. And now all every video I make afterwards, I'm being the cleanup woman, you know, trying to, well, no, that's not what I meant. You know, but one of the things I saw in the comment section was, this girl is complaining about people not being attracted to her. That's not traumatic. What she, you know, you don't know what it's like, huh, to spend your time and get ready. And you, you had a great point when you brought up the age. So I think another reason why I made up that video is because I'm just coming out of an age, which I think is really important for women that we don't talk about enough. Um, in your 30s, that window of when you can safely have a baby. So like between 30, and you know, you can have a child at any time, but you know, you officially get slapped with that geriatric pregnancy issue. And then I think for black women, we have to deal with uh, an increased probability of high blood pressure. And um, what is, I always 
end up having to look that up, but just different things that can happen, uh, diabetes, but then something else. And I can't remember it right now, but also just it's, it's, it's your, your good luck to you. And it's possible if it happens, but if you, if, if you, if you would like to, and you can, you want to try and have a child before that. So I think when I got to about 32 to 35, it was like, I reverted back to being in my twenties. Like before then I was like, whatever happens, happens, you know, um, I don't need to date. If, if the Lord wants to bless me with a man, he can, I got to 32 and it was like, my body like woke up and was like, girl, we going out of business. You need to get out there. You need to try. And all of a sudden I re-experienced all that stuff. Now, instead of just, you know, I'm like, I can go to the bar with you guys. I am not, I can't even stay up really past nine o'clock, but I'm out here. I can go to the bar. I can drink. I can do. And I am working so hard on top of you're in your thirties. So you're trying to figure out your finances. Like it's a different world than when you're in your twenties. I'm also trying to do. So I think for me, I would watch just different friends and different people not have to struggle as hard. And mm -hmm. I was like, whoo. That's, that's nice. That must be nice because this is the time where my body is really asking for something and my, my soul and my emotions are asking for something. And I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to see, but, and I also think where I was at that time, cause that was my California time. I also think being there did not help me, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah. so it is all crushing, especially based on what you want when you're in your early twenties, you're pre your frontal vortex. It's not even fully developed yet. You're still trying to figure out who am I in this world? So right. the first thing you find out is, I, wait, I'm not going to be having sex in the city. Like, it's not going to be this fun flirty time. Like, wait, what? That's soul crushing. And then later on when you're like, maybe it'll be better, but it's still not. It's just like, Whoa. you know, so I was coming when I decided to make this video, I was coming out of that. Like, I, I almost want to call it a second, uh, just like a second my second surge, like I, I, I really, really had been pushing a lot of things on myself and just discovering that I was getting, like I wasn't getting anywhere. And then also being in LA, I talk about in one video how I was with a friend, went to a bar and I went into the bathroom and outside I heard a lot of laughing. So when I came and she's, she's funny, we, we crack up, but she is light skin and she has like maybe three B hair Mm -hmm. very spiral curls you know um and so I came outside and I was like all right who are these new friends that I have I didn't meet them before I went in but my friend has met them and um I can't wait to get in on the joke no one talked to me I got a and I was like oh no well maybe somebody tripped and now the time has passed so when she come, came out of the bathroom we were walking away and I said oh what happened that was so funny I came out I thought the conversation was gonna start up but they didn't say anything and she was like, oh, um, yeah, the girl was a modeling agent and she handed me her card and told me that my look was really in right now and she could get me a lot of jobs when it came to modeling. If I wanted to get into it, I can make a lot of money. So that's what it was. And I thought, wow. So because I did not have any value, uh, literally, like you're talking about literally an industry where your appearance gives you value because I didn't have it. I wasn't even worth like, hey, how are you having a good night tonight? like no conversation, you can't make me any money. Wow, so this is something that I experienced like on a social level when I was recently as well. So that's another reason why I wanted to make this, like it didn't just come from nowhere. It was like, hey, I was trying to accomplish these things personally. And this is also what was happening socially. And gosh, it would have been easier if I had had some of this. That's, that's where 
that all came from. But yeah, you pointing out the ages just made me think about the fact that we don't talk about that in our 30s, how your body is like, what are we going to do? What's going on? <laughs> if you don't get those things done, it definitely creates, there's a lot of women who deal with, a, they've reached out to me, deal with a lot of depression um, when it comes to their 30s with regards to like their biological clock and that whole thing. So, um, but yeah, you're, it is soul crushing, especially at those like nexus points in your life mm -hmm. when you're really trying to find yourself and you're not getting good data, you know, yeah. so it can be really soul crushing. Absolutely. And because I was actually thinking about, and I'm not sure if I'm going to do it or not, but possibly because I'm, I'm, I'm in my forties, I'll be 46 this year. Never oh, been married. Because this is why I don't like us right here. Because be I was like, out. oh, man, so as disrespectful as what it is. Well, you look great. I never <laughs> would have. I mean, you look amazing. That's wow. okay. Well, thank you. But like just the whole age thing. I've never been married. I'm in my mid 40s. I'm middle aged. I'm officially middle aged. So talk about soul crushing. I mean, it's all soul crushing. But some things I've never done. And it's just like, now I'm just like, okay, now I'm getting older. But at first I was young. Like I said, I still felt like I was cute, but clearly I wasn't the right type for certain people, whatever. I don't really know where this is going to go. Am I going to be 50 and still unmatched, unmarried? Like, how was I going to go? I don't know. But so now for me, this whole pretty privilege thing is just like, it definitely carries from decade to decade to decade. You know what I mean? Such yeah, a I don't want to ever um, make it seem like, and I really honestly believe this because I know women that look like both of us that are in, you know, they're in marriages and they're, uh, 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 you know, that's, it's just, so I do believe that like your reality can be whatever it's meant to be. And it, how you look at the end of the day doesn't get in the way of your destiny. So like, if I'm meant to be matched up when I'm 64, and, you know, I don't know, is he a multimillionaire? Maybe. Am I a step-grandma? That's fine. Um, you know, I'm going to spend the last of my days in luxury, whatever. But um, I do think that you got to, I, I at least had to think about, especially when I was trying to date in LA on the apps, I was like, why am I getting matched up with a certain type of man? And often they will be like, oh, wow, you're pretty. Or, hey, you're the first person I talked to on the app because of the way that dating app um, algorithms work. So basically mm -hmm. they go by which person is being picked by more. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points. So told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like seriously? If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. 
It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body. So I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self-care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self-care for 25% off. Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. People in an area, then we're going to recommend that person more. And then what we're going to do is we're going to recommend people that are being picked more to other people that are being picked more. And so in a way, it's grouping people based on value. And since on a dating app, you really just have the face, you know, and people swipe right or left, it's grouping people based on their pretty privilege, whether it's a man or a woman. Now, of course, men can also be like, I'm a director of finance, you know, and they can say something else that will give them some other kind of superficial value, but that's what it's doing. And so I thought about it and I was like, the reason I'm having such a bad time dating in this city and I'm so like overwhelmed by the fact that does anyone have a house? Where is your car? You know, what do you get dressed in your, in the trunk of, of that, in the bathroom of that gas station? Like what's going on? The reason why is because it's where I am and what people's preferences are. And unfortunately, it is a competition. You know, I do feel like we have a superficial life and a supernatural life. So I feel we're going to have things that are going to happen to us that are they're part of our destiny. And it doesn't matter what you look. But when you're in whatever else you're in and you haven't come into that, then you're dealing with the competition. And you're dealing, while you're on the app swiping and you're like, I met a man and he actually had all his teeth and I'm so excited. Another person is like, yeah, so this guy flew me out to New York and that was fun, but I'm not really serious about him. And he knew, he knew what it was. And I'm like, how did you mean that? But I'm not seeing the same people because of how an area is valuing women that are, that are me. And that was something I realized I was, and I'm, like I said, I'm a competitive person. So I was like, man, I hate to lose. You know, I hate, I hate that this is the situation, but it also really brought to light why I would have the dating experiences I would have because I don't see myself the way the world sees me. So when these people come in and I give them a chance, I shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, like if he doesn't have, if he can't even, like I was saying in one of my videos, if he can't meet you halfway, like you work hard, where does he work? Does he care about his, I met a guy who was a 40 year old miniature toy maker who lived on a mattress on the floor 
and had no retirement. And his passion was to design cabinets. And he was obsessed with fake money and looking. And I said, this is, is this a Disney movie? I'm dating an elf, a Christmas elf. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute back it up sister you said he was what was his passion like fake he made money? i still have this video on my phone he loved he made miniature toys and yeah. then he loved fake money so we went on one date we were on hollywood boulevard i don't know if you've ever been there where they have the mall and they have the dave and buster you walk down the street and there's these like little setups where they're like this is prop money and when I say he stood there and stared and I was like, are you, are you drooling? Like he was just so excited. He was like, look at it. Look at this. It's not real, um, sir. Uh, so yeah, he, he had to scurry back to the North Pole and that was, that was it. That was the end of our connection. But so how did I end up here? So I'm college educated. I'm creative. Oh, I don't look like what these men are saying their ideal woman is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm being swiped on by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer here because he, you know, he'll, he'll take whatever. Mm -hmm. I see, I see how I ended up here. Um, and his little legs were just swinging in the booth. And I was like, look at oh, this. Girl, <laughs> I gotta go home. But that's, that's why I was having, you know, a bad experience there. So um, yeah, it is like a competition and it does get, frustrating when you're like what can I do to stand out in this world where women are being valued certain ways and um that's why I stepped back from dating for a while a couple months a year I don't know um because I was like I really I honestly don't know where to go next or what to do you know what I mean like I don't know uh, and I yeah so so I'm still working on that but um you know internally but yeah I definitely know what you mean when you're like how will I stand out like what can I because that is very real. Your visibility controls what kind of mates come up to you. And based on that, what are their attitudes around marriage? And I find that men who are very like marriage and family minded, also at my age, okay, so that's nice. Nice to see you, sir. And I love your wedding ring. Like they're already, you know what I mean? They've coupled mm -hmm. up, they've moved on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough spot to be in. That's what I'll say. It's a tough, mm -hmm. tough spot to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I did not mean to laugh, but that was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> so traumatizing. I was experiencing this. What'd you say? I still have the videos on my phone. Oh. I saw the videos <laughs> on my phone of him like dancing around his toy table. And uh, and not to mention that before we even went on the date, he texted me this picture of him running on a security camera or something. I thought he committed a murder because all the text in the picture and it just said, are you scared? That's all it said. And he was like, I meant to send that to my brother. It was just, <laughs> I, could, I could write a book about all of the people that I ran into um, trying to tender in LA, but um, yeah, so. Yeah, California's wild, girl. Like we, we, we crazy out here. We are crazy out here. I'm sorry, Every, everything's crazy. Like from the price of everything to the people, to the mindset. Yeah, we cray cray in California. So I'm glad you made it out alive. Um, God, you are, you are truly blessed. Okay. You are truly blessed. So what takeaways have you learned about yourself? Like during all of these experiences now, here you are, I think you said you're in your thirties now. You're 37. 30, 37. Okay. 37. So like, 
when it's all said and done, like where you are right now, like what have you learned either about yourself or just like what takeaways have you kind of drawn from? Um, I guess takeaway, wait, do you mean as far as like how I, well, the, the biggest takeaway um, that I think with regards to that was what I said at the end of the video about how I, cause I'm very metaphoric. So I turn everything into metaphor. And I basically was just like, you know, you're missing out on life by hiding away and allowing these people's negative, cause it was controlling everything from what I would post to social media to um, the types of pictures I would allow, I would allow people to take of my body. I had never, it had been years since I bought something that I found beautiful. And I love beautiful things. Like I, um, and I don't mean just like, I like rings and jewelry, but I mean, I, I used to work as a wedding photographer and um, a, uh, and so I did engagements and bridals and I did graduate, like just a photographer in general. And I loved like playing with colors and textures. And so I said, you know, you, you're capable of making all these things beautiful for other people. I did my friend's engagement photos and she was like, oh, whenever it gets tough at work, I just look over at this picture. And I was like, it's so interesting. You're able to create this beauty for other people, but you won't bring it into your life. Why do you have such a problem with yourself? And it came down to, I don't feel I'm worth it and I'm angry about it. And I don't like that they treated me this way. And I would rather just pretend like these things don't, that this stuff isn't real to me anymore. It doesn't matter. I don't want to, but um, yeah, I just hit a switch, especially coming to my 37th birthday. I was like, kid, your thirties are almost over your body's going to start to really change. Like, I know you didn't like being sexualized, but have you forgotten that like women's bodies are just beautiful in general. You're lucky enough to have, especially when it comes to a butt, all this talk about, you know, BBLs and these things people are doing. I said, you got a great one. You really should let it out just to let it out just for just because it's on you. Like, cause when you're in your eighties, you're not going to look back and be like, Oh, I look so great. And that long sweater and those sweatpants. Oh, I missed it. Cause you'll probably be wearing that then. But if you're able to be like, man, I had a, I had a body on me. Look y'all look nursing home. Does everybody see this? That's great. That's a moment. And also I noticed when I took care of myself more and I presented myself in a certain way, um, maybe I didn't, I still didn't get male attention, but um, people were nicer. People responded more and it was like, they could tell there is something to, you know, presenting yourself well. People respond to you the way you present yourself. So I think they first look at you and they're like, oh, I don't think that person's attractive. And then it's like, oh, but look at her dress. Oh, they're a person that invests in themselves. You know what? I want to talk to her about this. And I noticed um, people were friendlier. Um, maybe they, they I, I just, I enjoyed life more when I invested in myself more even if it's just, even if it's just wearing a certain dress, even if it's just doing my hair a certain way, I enjoy it more. I enjoy being present more than I enjoy hiding away. And I also took away from it that I was being mean to my friends who had pretty privilege. I was being mean to them, um, disregarding some of the things that they would say. And then I was kind of locked in a situation with somebody where I had to be really supportive to her, even though she has this and I don't, I had to get in there and, and support. And, um, I noticed that I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know you could put your ego to the side like this. Mm -hmm. You have a really pronounced ego, which is a lot of the reason why certain things um, offend you. But look how you're swallowing it. Look how you're able to still be there for your friend, even though she's complaining about something that you can't even imagine having. You're able to be there and to support her and to help build her confidence and to help guide her through. 
you're a good person, which also made me feel good about myself. So I don't know. I, once I started to just be honest about why I was feeling so sad about certain things, especially with this, I was able to start evolving. And um, again, that's why I talked about being happy for other people. Like it, it's just kind of a whole sort of renaissance mm-hmm. for, for me where I can hear both sides of an issue like this. Like if somebody says, oh, I feel like people objectify me, they take me for granted. I'm like, yes, girl, that happens. Whereas years ago, I'd have been like, are you serious? I'd love to be objectified for a rich husband, you know? But now I can say, okay, yeah, that can be, I understand how that, how does that make you feel? Like I can have authentic conversation and I couldn't do it. So I just, I guess the takeaway is I realized I was capable of, of, of a different kind of growth. And I realized that um, I was capable of taking the beauty that I put out there in the world for other people and bringing some of it to myself. And then it made me really, really happy to do that. Like, and got, and gave me a sense of, of just, of, of just peace, like a, like a, you know, like just bouncing around. I don't know how to explain it, but um, yeah, I, I guess I realized a, a power that I didn't have before that was, that came from, from me. And it just came from not wanting to miss out anymore. I want to go to the club because one day, I'll be in my fifties and or sixty, and I'll look like it. And if I go out to the club, and you know, not just focusing on who's going to talk to you, but you know, the, you hear the music, you see the people talking and laughing. You're with your friends, and y'all have a bottle or doing whatever. You're creating memories, and, and I got inside jokes from you know, you you have these relationships, but one day you won't be able to do that. Are you really going to just sit at home all the time because you're mad that? you always have to pay for your drinks on your own bar tab, or are you going to still get out there and engage with life regardless? Mm-hmm. And so that was my takeaway. I was like, I'm going to do it regardless. And um, people started to notice. I have all these videos. My friend was like a proud pageant mom. The first day I went out with them like a couple months ago and I was having a good time. And they were like, we didn't know you were an honorary city girl. We didn't know it. Cause I was dancing around and we were like, they were like, we were so excited to see you in a dress, a short dress, like where your legs were showing and not, I used to wear like suit pants and like a, like a cardigan. We were mm-hmm. so excited to see you up to date with fashion, like having a good time. That was exciting for us. And so I noticed that I could positively impact other people around me too, because people feel more comfortable around somebody who authentically loves themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes other people happy as well. So I was like, oh, they probably enjoy this version of me more than you guys go ahead. I'll be here with my nephew. You know, they, they enjoy- right. You know what I mean? So I guess that's what it was. I just discovered that I could enjoy life in a way that I hadn't. So I love that. It's like you took your power back. You yes. took your power back because I think that, well, in, at least in my situation, me waiting to be validated, me waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder, like pick me and be like, oh yeah, you're just gorgeous or pay me attention or whatever. It's like I was giving my power away and that was just like so draining. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so draining like just to be waiting for someone to acknowledge me and then when they didn't just just ripping myself to shreds like god you're so this or you're so that or this is why da, da, da. you know just talking down to myself and not showing compassion and love to myself and telling myself that I'm freaking amazing about outside validation or not like that is just so draining so I that's definitely to me just hearing you talk like that was like you just like reclaiming your power and saying you know what we have have one life to live I'm going to live it to the fullest. People can get on board or they don't have to. It doesn't matter. I'm not waiting for someone to give me permission to live my life and love myself and experience joy and happiness. And 
I'm just gonna love myself and I'm gonna dress in a way that makes me feel amazing. I'm gonna put myself together in a way that makes me feel amazing. I'm gonna go out and have fun, hang out with my friends or like whatever, you know what I mean? It's like you are reclaiming your power. And I'm going to be the force that I want to be. So I think I was talking to somebody about this. I was like, man, you know, I used to get so upset at people that had rich husbands. Um, and I was so mad. I was like, you look at me with these Christmas elves in there. No, you know, but I decided you need to be the rich husband. Like you need, like what, what ways are there to make money? Let's figure this out. You're a smart person. One more 12 year old tells you that you need to be doing something else. You, you, you need to just walk off the job at that point. But there, I was like, what ways, there's experiences that you want to have in your life and you're upset because other people get to have them by virtue of how they affect someone else. So, oh, I went to Jamaica and this guy paid for the whole thing. Oh, I went to here, they paid for the whole thing. Oh yeah, I went up there and they flew me out and it was so nice. Oh, we did it. You know, you have the ability to do that, right? You think that because this person got there because of a man, you can't just get there by yourself. Like, you know that you're like, you're a child of God. Like you, they're not gonna block you from anything. Those resources, this is not 1910. This is 2021. As a woman, you are capable of getting all of the things. You know, we talk about Oprah being first black billionaire. We don't talk about Stedman. What does he even do? I'm sure he does something, but Oprah is the one that's the billionaire. And if we look at her, she's a dark skinned woman. She's phenotypically all, I would never say to Oprah, so what are you mixed with? Never, you know? And she's the one that made the money by her. So it's possible. So all these experiences that you're looking, especially in teaching where teachers are like, oh, look at my paycheck. It was $50. I'm going to give it to my husband. He handles the bills and, and I'm just going to, you don't have to live that life. Like what, what do you want your bank account to look like? I believe you can get there. You can do it by yourself. And so that was a big thing for me. Like you're waiting, not just on someone to validate me, but you're waiting on somebody to validate your life and mm -hmm. someone to come in and say, okay, you're worthy of these experiences because I said so but you're worthy of these experiences now. Let's figure it out now. I will be GD'd if I am, you know, 60 something years old and I'm like, and I never went dot, dot, dot. No, you go there, you figure it out. And then in those spaces where you're like, everybody's getting drinks but me, buy the drinks. Friends are great at being like, you got this round, I got the next one. And I, and I noticed that when your friends have your back, it's, it's much more fun. You don't feel like you owe anybody anything. You're not like, oh, he's buying drinks. So I gotta, you know, stay with him. No, I bought this bottle. You get that one. Um, I took us here. You take us there. There's so many different ways in life to enjoy the experiences that I was like, I'm locked out of this because men do these things for women and no one wants to do these things for me. Do them for yourself. You can, and you're going to enjoy it because guess what? There's another level of enjoyment out there that people aren't talking about, but it exists. It exists, it's there and you've experienced it. And I, I've i always been, and when I sat back, I looked at it and I said, you you may not have like a big ring on your finger that's like weighing your hand down, but you've had some great friendships. You have had people that have said, oh, you don't have whatever. Okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. Yep. We, we got it. Oh, don't, we got it. You ain't had to worry about nothing. I went on a trip once to Europe and I met this group of people. Um, they're a group of Australians and we drove to Switzerland. Um, it was this tour company 
And we got to Switzerland and we had left like Monica, like a place where it was warm. And when I woke up on the bus, we were in a place where it was cold. And I was like, oh man, I'm wearing a short bumper. I didn't bring my, by the time I got off that bus, I had a scarf, I had two gloves, I had a jacket. They were like, we can't let our girl freeze. That type of love is out there waiting for you. And it doesn't matter what you look like. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just had to remind myself, like, you know, I know you just made it through the wilderness as far as like trying to find a partner and feeling like you were invisible. Like it's tough and that happened. But please remember the other experiences that you've had. Please, there's so much more out there to validate you than just this one thing. So um yeah, that was definitely something like when you talk about to take your power back, it was like, let's let's just let's focus on the fact that there's so much else you can do. No, you may never be able to do this. Look at all this other stuff you can do. And it's also mm-hmm. good. It's also good. So. Yeah, I love that so much. Like sometimes we get so focused on just having that one because everyone's like, oh, this is so great. And if you don't experience this, then, you know, you're just missing out and it, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So we just are so laser focused. For example, for some people, it might be having a baby, you know, and that may not happen, unfortunately. And so they're, they're just so devastated that they can't recover from that. Because I know that, I'm not saying I know how hard it is because I've not experienced that, but I can only imagine how hard that is for them. You know what I mean? And they just disintegrate for someone that never gets married. You know, that may be my story. I don't know. My story has not yet been written. <laughs> you know, it's being written as we speak. But um, how am I going to allow that to, how am I going to navigate my life? You know, am I going to just be so laser focused on what I don't have that I just crumble and just, you know what I'm saying? Just stop living my life and stop doing other, there's so many other things that we can do. So many other ways to be in community with people and to have these amazing relationships and friendships and people that will build you up. Like your inner circle is so important. These people that will build you up and just have your back. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that, that was an amazing uh, thought that you had there because I think sometimes we do get just so hell bent. I want it. I want this, I want it this way. And if it doesn't happen this way, I'm just completely devastated and I just cannot continue. You know what I mean? I just cannot go on. So, yeah. So I am just looking at the time. Oh, oh gosh. Okay, so we, I know we're a few minutes over, um, but I wanted to ask you like, like what, what is your self-care like these days? What is your self-care like these days? Um... Uh, that, uh, so, you know, I, I like to read, I enjoy napping. Um, for me, it's in a weird way, making things is self-care because I get to research. I can get in and edit something for like five, six hours and feel like I just had a wonderful experience. Um, I like to spend time with people that I enjoy. I have a dog. I enjoy that spending time with, with him. I like to have a couple of glasses of wine and get on YouTube and watch videos of people singing the national anthem. I don't know why that's what it is. That's what I like to watch um, because I like to start at whatever video and then end with the Whitney Houston one and then I'm done. Um, but yeah, my, my self-care is, uh, you know, I like to watch different things on TV. I enjoy, I, I've always been good at hanging out with me. And so I like to just get it, like have some me time. It, it's like, I'm, I'm good company to me. Um, 
So yeah, so just whatever me feels like doing. Do we want to read? Do we want to create? Do we want to listen? Do we want to play? Like, what do we want to do? And, and honoring those those things. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my self-care. I love it. And I'm probably like 500 of those. That Whitney Houston uh, anthem, like, I think, you know how YouTube will calculate like how many views it has? Like, it probably has like a bajillion <laughs> views. I am sure that I'm like 500 of those views because yeah. no one can top that national no, anthem. I've heard people come close. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, she did it so effortlessly. Always. She always was. She, and she then I end up on her face. Her USO, well, yeah, she was always sweating. One time I was at a party in college and somebody was like, I'm going to start calling you Sweatney because you sweat like Whitney Houston. And so, oh. yes, they called me Sweatney. No, I, I do. I, I'm a, I, I do perspire. But um, I, uh, I'll, I'll start watching that and then I'll end up on her USO tour where she's in that green outfit. I go down a rabbit hole and it's normally Whitney Houston videos or then it'll be a Tony Braxton thing that I do. But um, yeah, she was always effortless. She just didn't have to try. I mean, you know, she was trying, but it wasn't, you know, so I can get real into it and it's a good use of my time. I have a great time. It wasn't you know? like the Fergie version. It wasn't like the Fergie version. I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. That was shady. Lord, please forgive me. Sometimes I get petty here. I do. But I've watched that several times. I was just like, she had where to do better. Where, yeah. Where were her friends, her confidants? Where was her manager? Where was anybody around her that had ears and could like, they got to say something to you. Um, but they chose- She didn't have no friends. They chose silence. So we had to experience that. Yeah. They chose silence and violence against us. Yeah. We had to. Yeah. Simultaneously. Their uh, yeah. silence was violence. And violence. So, <laughs> we, we experienced. So one last question for you. I was going to ask you, like, if there's someone that's listening um, and they are just really like resonating with everything you're putting down, they feel like they're in that place right now of they're just experiencing this lack of everything that we've talked about in relation to pretty privilege. Like you were sitting next to her or you talking to her like we are talking right now. Like, is there like maybe one tip that you would give her as she's experiencing this pretty privileged thing like right now in this moment? Feel your feelings about it. It is a negative thing. Um, and a lot of times when it comes to negativity, and I'm so happy that we finally stepped away from like a lot of toxic positivity, like, no, 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 just no, no, let's not. Sometimes it's equally as healing to just say, ouch, like that, that actually hurts me. And then once I think you allow yourself to really feel it, you're able to put language to it. And for me, that starts like an internal dialogue where I can start to work through it. Um, I can come up with, I mean, it may sound crazy, but I can come up with an action plan. Well, what happens when you're out and you see such and such happening? I'm gonna do this because I wanna avoid this feeling. I don't wanna avoid my friends. I don't wanna avoid hanging out socially, but I wanna avoid this feeling. So if this happens, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make this choice. Um, and I think you'll create a different experience around when pretty privilege is going on and you feel like you're not able to experience it, you'll, you'll create a different experience around it. Yeah, that was happening over there. Um, but then I left and I did this over here. So, but I think it all starts with allowing yourself to say, I'm not a crazy person. This is happening. This is how it's affecting me. 
you know, they always say like the first step is admitting you have a problem. Well, I think the first step is admitting that you are experiencing something that makes you sad and do some research. There's so much scientific research to back this up. I mean, they literally, they've done so many studies on it. Like it's, it's such a real thing. And so if it's happening and it's hurting you, that's to be expected. It hurts people who can't participate. It's just like wealth, you know, if you don't have it, you're broke and that's not great. But um, yeah, feel, feel the feelings, allow yourself to feel it. Don't allow people to come in and say, oh no, that's all in your head. That's not what's going on because it's not as helpful as they think it is. Cause instead it makes you seem like you're crazy. You may take it as, oh, I have such a bad attitude. Why can't I just, that's, that's, they're asking for too much from you. Instead, they need to be like, yes, actually this is a documented scientific thing that happens with humans. Um, it's unfortunate. If, are you uncomfortable? How can we work to make you comfortable? What can we do to keep you included? Um, but yeah, step one is to feel the feelings. Like you're allowed to be sad about this. It's it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important. Like not, and, and being able to express that in a safe space. Because a lot of times I feel yeah. like black women, when we express how we feel, and it's not the pretty, not pretty, but like this whole peachy keen kind of opinion about something, like we're attacked or we're just like shunned or we're like talked down to or mansplained about how that can't possibly be the case. And so you're right. Like when, when our opinions of just, or just how we feel, just we should be able to express how we feel and that's it. No matter what it is, I should be able to say, I feel like X, Y, Z, even if it's not true for anybody else and for, not, and for people not to feel like they have to jump on your opinion or attack you for your opinion or your experience. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. One second. California love. What can I tell you? This is the sound of my, this is the sound of my people like all day. Um, but yeah, so that toxic positivity is just so harmful. And it does make us feel like, am I, am I tripping? What's wrong well, with it? Well, it makes me? you feel like you're in a vacuum and that. <clears throat> And, you know, they say no man is an island for a reason. Like, if you feel too isolated or you feel like you're in a vacuum, um, you're going to start experiencing some other issues, some anxiety. You're going to start experiencing some, and then there's going to be blocks up when it comes to your your friendships. Oh, I know I tried to bring this up, but she's not comfortable here. So do you like weather? You know, your, your, your conversations are going to get more. So definitely being able to express yourself in a place where you'll be like respect. And again, that was my whole thing. I was like, I don't have people that I can say this to who will be like, yes, absolutely. So how did it make you feel? Uh, this is how it makes me feel when it happens to me. So you, but you're not crazy. This is what, and then that's the feedback that I got. Thank you so much because people tell me that I'm not going through this. And I even had a guy reach out and he said, my sister talks about this how would you suggest I can talk to her, support her when she's going through this? And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's a man right there. She got, she has a good brother because not only is he coming at it from the outside, but his question was, how can I support her when this is happening to her? I've had men say, oh, my daughter, dot, dot, dot. And I think it's a good conversation for black fathers, because even though I say, oh, I got this from a multicultural platform. Unfortunately, it does tend to affect black women more because of biases related to skin color and featurism and hair texture. 
So I think black fathers and black mothers need to, oh, she said, what'd she say? Okay, um, first of all, I need to let her understand that this is happening to her and it is sad, but it's not the whole story. She can't stop there, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely uh, finding that positive reinforcement and community. So when you can be honest about what you're feeling, that is, uh, that is so therapeutic. All right. Well, I am back. That episode with Stephanie was, it was just a really good feeling to be in conversation with another woman that looked like me and to kind of compare notes and, and realize that we've had some similar experiences. I don't think we have enough conversations like this in our inner circles and in our community. This is not in any way, shape, or form putting down the experiences of black women that happen to be uh, the opposite of, for example, what I look like. So if you are thinner, if you have looser textured hair, if you have lighter skin, this really solely was to just highlight feelings of women who look like me that have in some circumstances been discarded and pushed aside and invalidated because we don't fit the mold if you will as far as our features and our skin color or skin tones are concerned so it's it's very real and it's hurtful and again this is not to slight anyone that has had experiences that were also hurtful but on the opposite end of the spectrum i wanted to specifically talk about pretty privilege because i do find that for black women that look like me the darker skin maybe the bigger nose uh the kinkier hair texture we're not fitting societies we're definitely not fitting into society's boxes okay and again i experienced this firsthand for so many years and that's why I wanted to have Steph on. So I wanted to let you know that in case you didn't know, you can find Stephanie on YouTube at O-H apostrophe Stephco, S-T-E-P-H-C-O. And again, I am going to put her YouTube link right into today's show notes so that you can click on that link and go right to her YouTube page and learn more about her and watch some more of her really interesting videos. All right. So that is it for this week's episode. I appreciate you listening. And um, if you are in the area where we are being hit by the hurricane, hopefully as of this recording, things have subsided. I really don't know just yet. But I did want to mention that you are in my thoughts and prayers. And I hope that you and your families are safe and that you're able to take care of yourself during this time, okay? So that's all for today. I will see you on the next episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. Have an amazing week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.